You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 271 of Podcateers. D23 has come and gone, but the announcements, presentations, and experiences will live forever, or at least until something else comes around for us to talk about. In this episode, we talk about how our D23 Expo weekend went and how it compared to past D23 Expos. We also talk about some of the panels and presentations that we attended, and believe it or not, there was still so much that we didn't get to. Since we still have so much D23 in us, we're trying to figure out how to keep talking about it, whether it's more in the next episode, a separate recording, a live stream. Honestly, we don't know yet, but we know that we want to keep talking with you about it. So remember that you can join the conversation by connecting with us on any of our social networks. Just search for Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode and share them in an upcoming one. This is also where we will be announcing how we're going to keep talking about it. So stay tuned. Oh, also, I posted three panels to our YouTube channel this week. Make sure to check those out, youtube.com slash If you like them, please give them a thumbs up, and we hope that you like them enough that you hit that subscribe button and ring that bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted. I also put them in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 271. Plus, we're creating and updating a playlist on that post with videos and presentations that we were unable to record or attend, so make sure to check back for those updates. This episode of Podcateers has been made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you called the FGP Squad. And in case you're wondering, that's the name that our podcast fairy godparents gave themselves. It's the monthly contributions via Patreon from the FGP Squad that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you like the podcast, it's a great time to become part of the FGP Squad. We have giveaways, special content coming up. So if you'd like more info, a link to sign up, or maybe even to make a one-time donation, you can go to podcateers.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP Squad, we just want to say thank you for your continued support. All right, let's get this started. Here is episode 271 of Podcateers. Did you know that magic happens? Um, yeah, I, I, I did. And apparently it's going to be happening in the spring of 2020 at the Disneyland Resort, right down Main Street as a yeah. brand new daytime parade. <laughs> nice. I thought you were talking about the big ship that's going to be sailing the seas. Uh, what is that one called? The Wish? It's called The Wish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like the names. I like the names of the ships, and I, I hope one day we're able to go on one of these cruises because they look super fun. Yeah. They look like floating cities man that ship looks so big when they do that shot where tinkerbell like does her thing and the name appears and then the pixie dust goes all the way down the length of it and the camera's just panning along the ship it's like when is this ship ever going to end yeah yeah (laughs) it's huge and is this one supposed to be bigger than the rest of the fleet did you guys catch that i i can't imagine anything on the earth being bigger than that ship but i don't know (laughs) That's funny. I'm learning as as you guys are talking about it. So there's a lot I know I missed. <laughs> yeah, so that was announced during the 
the sneak peek of the resorts and and all the good stuff coming to all of the parks around the world that video as we speak is is rendered out i've i've already finished editing it it's on its way up to the youtubes and believe it or not it's 20 gigabytes like it's a huge video (laughs) so i don't know how long that's going to take to upload but it's huge. I've I've never uploaded something that big to YouTube before. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that a lot of people are traveling home from the expo still, you know, that that came from far and wide. And, you know, here in America, at least, we've got a three-day weekend coming up. So I think a lot of people are probably going to kind of hit YouTube this weekend and kind of revisit things they missed or, or you know, if they want to relive something they saw. So I, I still feel like um, it'll be up in an appropriate amount of time. I'm hoping so. I'm one of those people because I want to see what other people got on mm-hmm. film yeah. and to kind of help, you know, remember some things because it kind of seemed like a blur yeah yeah indeed i don't know if we actually said that we're talking about the d23 expo for 2019 but that's what we're talking well i mean (laughs) it was in the title of the episode right and it's on the episode card so i I hope that people know that we're talking about the expo and if they don't they do now talking about ships yeah (laughs) so yes so the d23 expo was this last weekend it was an absolute blast as always i gotta say i mean i roamed around the expo friday and sunday there was so much to do i felt like i did so much and yet i feel like i almost did nothing but I don't feel like I came away from it dissatisfied. You know, I saw so much and I experienced so much. I got a chance to talk to so many of our friends, met so many new people. I spent a lot of the time vlogging for the first time at an expo. uh, And I bet you I still missed a whole bunch of stuff. But, uh, you know, when when it comes to stuff like this, I generally have my camera out and I'm shooting photos of people in their cosplays and the uh, all of the stuff that's on display. And this time around, I decided to take a few pictures like with my phone and, and the camera that I was vlogging with. But it wasn't anything that I may end up posting. It's just kind of to have them. But I did spend a lot of time recording video of stuff happening there and vlogging and talking to people that I was seeing at the expo and recording the panels. So in case you guys didn't get a chance to see them, I did record the Disney Legends ceremony. That is up on the Podcasters YouTube channel now. As we are recording this episode, just a few days before we launch the episode, I'm in the process of uploading the sneak peek of the parks and resort. What was the name of the actual panel? I know it had a a long name. Um, Yeah, sneak peek. I've got it pulled up right here. Sneak peek. Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products. Yes, that one. That was the one hosted by Bob Chapek. Uh, It's almost two hours long. Got the whole thing. There were some great performances. Let's start there, you know, because there was a lot of announcements that came out of this panel. And I don't want to, you know, talk about everything in case people want to watch it. But, I mean, look, we do armchair Imagineering, and we enjoy (laughs) it. And we have those moments where we just think to ourselves, man, you know what? That that idea just seems crazy enough to end up in a Disney park. And lo and behold, during that panel, 
we get an announcement that at the UK Pavilion at Epcot, we're getting Cherry Tree Lane. Yeah. Yeah, so basically we are doing their work for them, (laughs) and they are not paying us for this, but once again, in a long record of success, we have given Imagineering some gold, and they ran with it. Yeah. Right? The moment I found out, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I have to tell Gavin, Mm -hmm. this is crazy. Yep, I had people message me on Instagram, like, "Uh, you called it, dude, (laughs) like, it... If there are any doubters left, let this put it to rest. Imagineering <laughs> is listening to podcasters because we bring them gold. So it's only right. a matter of time before we start seeing some of those other attractions and they start digging out the rivers yep. of America to build an underground <laughs> Gravity Falls attraction. Oh, my gosh. One uh, day. Look, honestly, <laughs> you know, if let's say that they are you know i we don't know if they are or not you know we've always dreamed that that is the case but let's say you know from our last episode when we did frontierland like the more that i thought about it and the more that i thought about it like i dude i really want to see the muppets you know at the golden horseshoe and yeah. if that's one of the things to come from all of this then okay so be it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it was yeah. it was such a moment of I don't want to call it vindication, you know, but it was one of those moments where you're just so proud. And it's like, we think like Imagineers. We do, yeah. you know? So I was super happy when I saw that announcement. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was probably the biggest, uh, I think for most people, that was probably the highlight of that show, you know, as far as a single thing that was announced. I think there were some big projects which were announced, which were, you know, big in their own way in collective ways but that was the biggest kind of singular thing i think uh yeah i mean i think there was a few i mean i think the further announcements of the avengers campus that got a huge ovation while we were sitting in there and Mm -hmm. but yeah the mary poppins announcement man i mean any podcasters fan that that heard that episode prior to this announcement high fives all around Let's just let's do yep. this. High fives all around. Super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Avengers Campus, uh, I was super excited, obviously, because we already knew that we were getting, you know, the PIM industry stuff. We were getting uh, some we already knew some information about the attractions coming as part of phase two. We are getting an e-ticket attraction starring Spider-Man. You know, I couldn't get a lot of information out of the section, the Marvel section on the floor, because a lot of the information for that attraction is still kind of secret. It's still under wraps. They're still Mm -hmm. developing the right technology. Essentially, the way that it's going to function and the story behind it is that you are in this web. It's called the web. It's like a a place where geniuses go to build, you know, toys and stuff. And you're doing research with Peter Parker and that's who it's led by. And so they're developing these tiny little robots, which by the way, look like the ones that Penny is writing in and into the spider verse. And uh, they begin to multiply somehow and they begin to invade the Avengers campus. And so what's supposed to be a training session with Spider-Man turns into an actual mission. And the way that the ride vehicle was laid out, it looked like you were wearing some kind of VR technology glasses or helmet or something. And you have the ability to shoot webs to capture uh, these little spider robots. 
So far, we don't know a lot about the track. It looks like it might be a trackless system. Did you guys get a chance to see any more information, or did you guys get a chance to see this announcement? No. No, I just heard about it, and I saw the Imagineering Pavilion that had some uh, cryptic imagery at best. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it was really cryptic, and I mean... Whenever they have these types of projects, you know, I like to be surprised. I I don't want to know too much going into it because I do feel that it ruins a lot of the surprise in the attraction. But I did get a chance to speak with Brent Strong, who's the executive creative director at Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, I, I actually got a clip that is going to end up in the vlog for day three of D23. But we had a chance to talk a little bit about what's coming to the attraction, what's coming to Marvel's campus or to the Marvel campus. And I'm so excited. You know, we were just, we were talking about how we do our own armchair Imagineering stuff and some of the stuff that we'd like to see. And we just kind of chatted about, you know, the process. And it was one of the coolest things uh, to happen to me, at least, while I was at D23. Uh, what were some of the things that you ended up seeing on Friday? Uh, on Friday for me, I did the Galaxy's Edge music and sounds panel. Ah, so it was yes. all about um, John Williams' contribution to the score of the land and all of the sound effects that they employ throughout the land. Uh, that panel was really cool. It was filled with lots of little facts about the things that they created and they clued us into some things to listen for while you're in the land and um, you know some of the unique sounds and even storylines that they created through sound uh, within that land Uh, so I don't know if, if everybody has had a chance to go to Galaxy's Edge yet but if and when you do get to go They've done a lot of things like they do on Main Street where the citizens and business owners that live and work on the second story of like the marketplace are audible sometimes when you're walking through. You can kind of hear them going about their lives up above. And uh, so they they had some great audio files of some of that that you got to hear really clearly. Uh, my favorite being the um, teenage Wookiee rock band and the angry neighbor knocking on the wall to get them to shut up. Okay, I, I have uh, to ask. I have to ask. What did the Wookiee rock band sound like? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> awful, cacophonous <laughs> noise. And I would be pounding on the wall too. Uh, but that's part of what's funny about it. You know, it's teenagers. They don't know how to play their instruments. They're just rocking. And uh, yeah, so it it was really cool. Um, The other cool thing that I learned in that panel was that when you're in the more um, tree filled or like nature-y sections of Galaxy's Edge, if you're ever near a grove of trees or like an embankment filled with brush and trees, you're always going to hear the animals of Batu and the insects of Batu. And those sounds are going to change when it goes from morning to day, from day to twilight, and then to nighttime sounds. And you're going to hear different types of like nocturnal animals at night that you wouldn't hear during the day. And there's even sections where you can hear really, really big animals moving back in the woods and snapping twigs as they walk through the brush. That's awesome. it makes, say, that's crazy yeah it makes me want to go back and just hang out all day and just listen yes. you know, yeah just, just explore the audio landscape that they created which is it's it's the most 
immersive thing they've ever done so far. And it, I, I just keep learning more layers about it. So that was really cool. Um, the other thing I did that day was the Swiss Family Robinson panel with Kevin and Jody. And for a Disney fan and like Disney history fan, that was the dream panel, man. It was so, so cool to learn the history of the making of that film. Kevin and Jody actually traveled to Tobago where the film was made and like scouted out all the locations um, and gave us all kinds of exclusive archival behind the scenes footage of it. And then the panel also talked about the history of the attraction at Disneyland. And for the first time ever, they premiered footage that has never been seen before of Walt Disney's first walk through the tree. And oh, wow. Like it was never wow. meant to be shown. It was just they also had a camera running. And so the, the cameraman's trying to kind of capture the ambiance of the tree. And you just see Walt like darting in and out of rooms and up and down stairs and like exploring the whole tree in the background. It's Dude, it was incredible. That must have That's been so, so cool. magical. Yeah. And the film was pristine. Like it had a little bit of that old timey, like, you know, 1960s coloring to it. But other than that, it was crystal and it looked like brand new developed film. So it it was just such a cool uh, panel. They showed us one like classic, like movie mess up Easter egg that it's one of those things that once you see, you will never unsee. And it's basically a, a hand reaching out from some rocks to like steady a person. And it's like not supposed to be there. And it's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's funny. So those were the two that I did on Friday. What did you do, Melissa? No panels. Oh, crazy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get any panels for Friday. Oh, okay. Um, and that's fine. I actually tend to spend Friday on the floor sure. checking that out. But I kind of did some shopping as well. So I, I, I kind of get that out of the way. Nice. Um, so I was able to see that, see some of the pavilions. I didn't see all of them. But at the same time... You guys know me. I love to dress up. I love to find like other people that mm-hmm. tend to dress up as well. So it was kind of like that day is usually like the eye candy day where you want to check yeah. everything out and yeah. see some stuff. Um, I want to say in the pavilion where they were showcasing everything that was new for Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, being in that room, it was really packed. But seeing everything and their video, what their pre- the presentation, you would say, mm-hmm. um, you just felt excitement. And it got me excited for Epcot. You know, Disneyland is my home, my, my home park. But to see what's going to happen for Epcot and to feel that excitement was really, really cool. It was a cool experience. Yeah. So pretty much just that. Um, I was drooling over the Tron cycle. <laughs> of course. Oh, it looks so cool. <laughs> so I know, slick, right? man. Oh, I was like, so oh, slick. man. Imagine if we had little moped versions of those and we were riding them around on the street. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we yeah. should do one of those DIY videos where we create our own. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The Epcot Pavilion was really good. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I feel like 
Fridays and Saturdays, whenever I get the opportunity to go on those days, are just panels and presentations for me. Like it's always been historically the days that had the panels that I wanted to check out, like the Parks one, for instance. This mm-hmm. year they kind of mixed it up and they put the Parks panel on Sunday. I think to try yeah. to level out the crowds, and to a certain mm-hmm. extent, I feel like it worked. Sundays have always been, you know, we called it the sleeper day in a previous episode where mm-hmm. a lot of people are already kind of burnt out from Friday and from Saturday. There's not a lot of people that go on Sunday, so it's easier to go see all of the the stuff that's on display along the floor. You get the opportunity to go shopping a little bit if that's what you're into for some of the collectibles because there's not a lot of people compared to Friday and Saturday. I don't know what it was like on Saturday, but compared to Friday, it seemed like it was fairly even. You know, there was mm-hmm. uh, the sa- about the same amount of people both Friday and on Saturday, but it wasn't packed to the point where it felt uncomfortable. You know, at least not yeah. from my experience. I walked around a lot. I got a chance to see a lot. There were things that I personally didn't want to stand in line for, but when I was looking at the line times, they were like, 10 minutes 15 minutes to go experience Mm -hmm. something it wasn't this crazy one or two hour line that we've seen in the past is that what it was like for you guys throughout the expo pretty much i want to say um for some of the experiences like the uh the photo ops the disney plus one that went pretty fast the only thing that was really really difficult all three days was trying to get into mickey's of glendale or the dream store like that was nearly impossible um, I didn't even have any luck until Sunday. Mm, I just write that, that off before. completely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, at this point next time, I'm not going to do it because it's just, you could spend nearly two hours doing that. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. And then by the time you get in, you feel rushed because you're like, I've already wasted two hours. Let me yeah. shop real quick. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like Hazen. I, I haven't gone to those in a couple of couple expos because it's not worth the time sacrifice but I, I i feel like to hazen's point about the crowds i feel like this particular expo the booths especially the bigger booths like the main like anchor booths were much more open and absorbed their own crowds yeah so yeah. that the main expo floor felt it less so like that marvel booth there could be like, I don't know, like four or 500 people in there, it seemed like. And that took out a huge chunk. You know, Disney Plus was the same way. It was just a big open space. And, you know, the stores had their own queues kind of set aside out of the way so that you didn't feel the crowds in your face as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do still feel like it was as, you know, populated as it has been in years past. And And I feel like for the most part, they did a good job of managing that. There were a couple of wrinkles with some of the new layers that they added this year with the um, pre-reservations online the week before and with the gold member lines. Um, that Anytime they add something new, it usually takes them an expo or two to figure yeah. it out. And right. 
It's not fully figured out yet. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Before we continue talking about what we saw at the expo, what was on the floor, the panels and such, let's go back to that experience because, like you said, this was the very first time that they did reservations. And before we start, let's just put it out there. In case you don't know and didn't try to make reservations, it was originally slated for a Friday at noon. And what ended up happening was they had a problem with the system. They said, we're going to do it at 1 o'clock. They pushed it to 1 p.m. on that Friday. They couldn't get it working. And so they said, hey, look, we're going to do it on Saturday. From what I know and from what they announced, what ended up happening was that the registration process wasn't uh, it wasn't recognizing certain types of passes. And so there was a lot of people complaining, you know, how dare you do this and how dare you do that. But the way that I saw it was if I happen to have one of those passes that it wasn't recognizing, I'm glad that they took the extra time to try to figure it out and didn't just sure. launch it on on time, you know, and sure. then screw these people out of their passes. I mean, am I the only one that feels like this or are you guys kind of on board with that? No, I agree with that. I also feel, however, that it was uh, unfair of them to originally schedule it during a standard work day. Yes, I know yeah. some people work on the weekends, but most people work Monday through Friday and having it in the middle of a work day, like if it's on a week weekday, like do it in the evening, you know, like, I don't know. I just felt like, like I was, I had given up. Like I was like, Oh, well I'm not going to be able to do this because there's no way I can just sit online for however long it's going to take while I'm at work. Yeah. I just don't have that ability and so I was glad that they moved it to Saturday so I could at least try. And then it happened. <laughs> so, Mel, let, uh, back to you. What's that? So when you tried to do it on Saturday, you know, what was your experience like upon going onto the page and getting ready to make your reservations? Well, I was wondering, you know, hey, there's the app and there's the website. Um, I was like, you know what? Let me try both. Let me try both. And remembering how galaxy's edge went i'm gonna try some multiple browsers and see what happens i mean who knows i don't know um i didn't really think that it was going to be randomized and it was really interesting to see that the app was a lot faster when you know when you're waiting in line um you know i thought oh cool you know this is this is pretty awesome. This is I'm moving pretty fast. And but on my browsers, I did notice that my first browser where you know how you click on the link to say that you're there. Yeah. Um was a little slower than my second browser window, which was weird. Mm-hmm. And then my third one ended up being just as fast as my second one. So I'm like what is going on? Like it was confusing, a little frustrating. Um, it was a little rocky, but things, you know, in the end did work out. I did end up using a panel from that. So, I mean, I think it could have been a little bit different. I personally don't think it's fair to the charter members that they Mm -hmm. had to go through that mess. Um, that was, that was really difficult. You know, I'm thinking it feels difficult for me. You know, I'm not a charter member and... I just felt so bad. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. long did it take before you finally were able to make a reservation? An hour. About an hour. Gavin, yeah. what about you? What was your experience like? 
Uh, mine was similar. I just had one browser open um, and it was a little over and I want to say it was like an hour and 15 for me to get in. Uh, we were all logged in around the same time. So I think I think you got in about 30 minutes before we did um, and you had finished yours uh, and we're kind of giving us some advice, you know, about what to expect. You know, we yeah. were texting back and yeah. forth. Uh, by the time I got in, almost none of my first choices were available. Um, none of the stage passes were left for any single store. Um, and none of the other little giveaways were available that I wanted to sign up for. So I went with my th- second, third, and fourth choices on some of the days. Um, one thing that I will say about the D23 Expo is there has every time been an example of me ending up in something that I never would have chosen if it wasn't like the only thing left. And every single one of those panels has been awesome in some way. So I really feel like they do a good job of putting together great panels there Mm -hmm. and shows, even if like the title and description don't sound like anything that great. Every single one I've ever been to has had awesomeness in it. So I was just reminding myself of that during the week leading up to it. Like, look, these are the ones I got. I'm going to enjoy them. I know. And as it turns out, I 100% did. I went to all those panels and they were amazing. I I loved every one of them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in similar situations and I have to fully agree with that, that pretty much every panel I've ever attended, there's been something there that I walk away feeling like that was completely worth coming to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, so my experience uh, was, I think, just a little different. Uh, so some background on the process. Disney was using a system called Qit. Uh, it's not necessarily out of the box, but it's one of those out of the box solutions that's used by companies like Ticketmaster, for instance. When they launch tickets for a concert, you go into a virtual queue in order to avoid server overload, which I think in previous uh, attempts at stuff like this, Disney has suffered, you know, like their website crashing and stuff like that. So these types of services are used to alleviate that server overload with that said um it was their first time using it it was totally different as far as i can tell from the galaxy's edge reservations which don't look like they were done with the qit system this one uh i think there's a few things that qit offers that i've seen with Ticketmaster stuff that i think would have been a little bit more helpful for instance Uh, When other companies do it, they have a line in the browser window that says you are X person in line. And so you kind of know you don't just have a percentage bar. You kind of know where you stand in the line. And so if you have to go do something, you have the ability to go like go to the restroom or get a glass of water or whatever the case is. Or had it been on a Friday, if you're at work, you kind of know where you stand before you have to come back. Right. Super helpful. Yeah. Um. So when I logged in, uh, I did. we did have two browsers open. I had one for my badges, and we had one open for my wife's badges. And uh, But our badges were registered with one email because I purchased them. So they were all basically registered and activated using my email address. The issue that I ran into was that when I logged in, first of all, as soon as you saw the page, it, it felt a little daunting. 
you know, because if if it didn't instantly click the way that it was set up with the bars of what each the hall, the arena, and it, you had to click on each one to basically let the tree down to see what was part of those and what was available. Uh, if you didn't kind of understand that you were going to be lost instantly and you were going to miss out on stuff. As soon as that clicked, I figured, OK, I'm going for Legends, my number one pick. I wanted to do the Star Wars panel, and then anything else after that was perfect. The only other one that I knew that I wanted to do was the animation panel that John Stamos was doing, which I did have a chance to record, right? However, when I tried to reserve that, the animation panel said that it was full. So I figured, okay, well, I'm getting Legends and I'm getting Star Wars. I'm, I'm fine. Like, this is it. This is all I need. I'm, I'm ready to go. So I went and I checked out. I said that I had a guest for each one of those panels because I didn't know if, if one of you was going to want to come with me to one of those uh, because uh, my wife wasn't going to be able to come. She wasn't coming until Sunday. So I, I, I went ahead and I finished my reservation and mine went in approximately 35 minutes in. You know, the little guy that was running in the status bar about 35 minutes in, it said, you're next in line. I heard the little chime, went in, did my reservations. I got a confirmation email, but I didn't pay attention to it. You know, I just figured, okay, cool. I printed out my screen and it said, you are currently reserved for these panels. And I was super happy because I had that. Um, oh, I did do one on Sunday. I'm sorry. I did the one for Mark Davis for myself. That was the one that was available because I wanted to see Pete Doctor talk about this Mark Davis book he had just written. Then approximately 15 minutes later, uh, my wife's browser became available. And so we went in with her badges. You know, we were checking to see what was available. And of course, Legends was already X'd out. And I mean, we didn't need that. You know, pretty much everything was full. But then when we went to Sunday... The art of animation panel that said that was no longer available for me was still available for her, Whoa. which I thought was pretty interesting. So I don't know if it was in a weird holding pattern where as, as if people had it X'd off in their queue that it made it unavailable as kind of like a holding. Right. But if you change your mm. mind last minute and finish your reservation without it that it became available for somebody else to click on it. That's the only thing that I figured may have been how this system functions. And I tried to learn a little bit about the Qit system to see if that was the case, but I couldn't find any information to confirm that. So that's speculation on my part. It, it was the only thing I felt would be how that system would work, right? Yeah. So we were able to reserve it with hers, and we got her a confirmation email that said, hey, you know, you're ready to go. We got the animation thing. We got the, the sneak peek of the parks, which, again, for me was unavailable, but for hers was available. So I ended up being her guest with her, with her badges. And then I looked at my confirmation email, and it was blank. <laughs> and so I instantly oh, freaked out because I'm like, am I going to Legends? What exactly is happening? And I think at this point, because it was the first time that there was a reservation system, I did what pretty much everybody did. And I tweeted at the D23 uh, account on Twitter and I said, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Is this normal? How do I go confirm? And I think that was the most frustrating part, that there was nowhere for me to log in and verify what it was that I had a reservation for or 
to double check to see if I had a guest available on my badge. So if we could offer a suggestion for the next time that they use a system like this, I think a way to verify what it was you got and a way to log into your D23 account and see exactly what you're supposed to be getting, I think would have been super helpful and would have steered people away from bombarding the Twitter account, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The great thing was that I called... This was on a Saturday, obviously. I called on Monday, and I spoke to a very wonderful CM. Uh, I believe his name was Tim. So I want to give Tim a shout-out because he was super helpful. He explained to me what I needed to do, how I needed to go about it. And, you know, he tried to help me as much as he could. Unfortunately, he couldn't resolve my issue for me, but let me led me in the right direction. I ended up sending an email. I, I attached a copy of the confirmation page that I had printed to a PDF in my browser. And I said, hey, you know, I just want to confirm if this is still the case. How do I confirm I have a guest? And within a day, I received a new confirmation email with everything that I had a reservation for. So nice. one lesson that I think if you're not in the habit of doing something like this, anytime that you have a confirmation for something that you purchase or that you order or something online, most browsers, when you do your file print or control P or um, what is it, uh, command P on a Mac uh, to print, most browsers now have the ability to print to a PDF or a virtual file that you can store on a desktop or on a flash drive, whatever the case is. And stuff like that will go a long way in helping you confirm these things. So whenever something like this comes on, regardless of the event, I would say print yourself a, a PDF of your confirmation. Because for me, that's what saved me, you know, as far as confirming what I already had a reservation for. And I'm super thankful that I had that uh, for myself. Uh, and then that's it. I mean, it was it was perfect. I was able to go the lines for the actual uh, events and the hall and the arena, I heard mixed things about how they were being handled. My experience uh, in general was I showed up, I went through security, I asked one cast member, hey, I'm going to the Legends panel, or I don't think it was a cast member, I think it was just one of the people that was working at the convention center. I asked them where I should go, and they said, stand in this line. And I said, well, I think that's general queue. I already have a reservation. Where should I go? And the response was, this is for everybody. Just stand in this line. And so I started vlogging, right? I wanted to get a, a video of the big D23 sign and the banner at the convention center and the fountain and stuff. So I started walking and I figured, ah, you know, like 10, 20 people after me isn't going to make a huge difference at this point. And as I was taking video of the sign, Somebody else asked an actual cast member, hey, I have reservations for the Legend Awards. Where should I line up? And they said, oh, just walk into the convention center, hang a left and go all the way down the hall. You're going to see the escalator. And that's where you're going to check in for the Legends panel. And I thought, OK, well, wow. that's not what people are being told over there. You know, so uh, I walked in, I stood in line and overall the way that you went and you tapped your badge on the little kiosk that they had. They also had like iPads that could also tap your badge and they could register you in. You would check mm -hmm. in, you would get a wristband and they had three sections set up. They had D23 gold members, 
they had people with reservations, and then they had general standby queue. Now, you guys are gold members, or at least you're a gold member, right, Kevin? Or both of you are? Yeah, I'm. I'm a gold I member. Okay. I uh, wait. Let Let's be fully clear. I'm a gold charter member. You are a gold charter member. <laughs> So fancy. I know, fancy. <laughs> so what was your experience like with the gold member lines versus just a reservation or even general standby? Overall, um, for the panels, it seemed like the gold member lines had more of a priority. And it's kind of weird how they had it. Um, I want to say for like, for instance, the Haunted Mansion panel, um, that one was a little chaotic. And I think it's because it was so overwhelming. You're being nice. That was a lot chaotic. Okay. Very chaotic. Yes. I am. Be nice. Very chaotic. Um, I mean, everybody was there. We were waiting. If we were to have like a pre-line of just us gold members, things would yeah. have been a little smoother. Mm -hmm. But the folks, I believe it's the convention staff, was a little hard on us. Um that was a little bit difficult and it's like we're not general i mean maybe they were confused i don't know um that was the only panel that was really difficult the other ones that i attended they were fine i mean granted this was on sunday maybe they had the kinks out but sunday was a breeze we walked in we would be there early and they would be like well what section do you want this this and this of course, I want center. So, cool. We yeah. got center. Not a problem. But for Saturday, man, that Haunted Mansion panel was really difficult from the beginning. Like, 30 minutes before even we were supposed to line up. Um, it was just, that was kind of a nightmare. And it kind of carried through into the panel. Um, it just seemed like Sunday's load a little bit better for sure yeah it just it was a rough it was really rough i don't know how it was for friday um because again i didn't have any panels but saturday seemed really really rough mm -hmm. yeah the the gold member line was it's a great idea and it's an awesome benefit for yeah. the gold members it was really cool that for the first time ever they kind of gave you and and at the expo incentive with the gold member lines and the gold member offers at all of the stores. Uh, but, you know, I think you kind of identified the main problem, Mel, um, and that is the gold member line at the arena at Hall D23 and at stage 28 and at the archive stage. It was not a problem. You mm -hmm. know, they had a separate section. You could line up way before the show. But yeah. for whatever yeah. reason, for the arena, they were being really tight with the window that you could line up. So as soon as it as the arena empties out and they verify that it's clear and they put up the ropes, they should just start letting people pre-queue in that area. Because it's not like you have to let them into the arena. That Everybody knows they're going to be sitting there until the show. I didn't understand why they were not letting people get in their designated line at that point because they weren't using that area for anything. It's just kept empty the whole time, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really weird. And 
you know, by the time, especially the Haunted Mansion panel came around, people started to figure out that situation at the arena. And so they started crowding that area. And, you know, I kind of stepped away a little bit to look at some things. And I turned around and I was basically like there was probably five to six hundred people between me and you at that point. Yeah. And so, I have a photo. Yeah. I have you, a photo. You and, and your friends got to squeeze in and i was about i don't know 10 rows of people back at the point that they cut it off oh. and it broke my and heart of course, and of course while you're in the gold member thrush trying to get into that behind you the regular standby line is filling up so i turned around and was one of the first people to walk over to the standby line and it was already full so what? we were kind of caught in the middle and those of us that didn't make it in we're, that's why I said, well, enjoy the show because I don't get to go to it. Uh, so it wasn't even something that you could like queue up for hours early for if you wanted to. Yeah. Like you, you almost had to be lucky with the arena if you didn't have a reservation. And right. that was kind of disappointing also because they were only using the ground level of the arena. They weren't using um, the full lower bowl or the upper bowl at all. Like they were just using the ground floor basically. And that was very limiting. You know, they weren't, they just didn't have a lot. And I think it's because they only designated so much queue area for it. Yeah. So that could have been it. And it's weird because they cut the line when you text me. That was like 15 minutes after mm -hmm. they started letting people in. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then the saddest part is that I looked up, the whole top level was still open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. why didn't they let everybody in? It, it made no sense. Yeah, I went to three shows in the arena, and they were all that way. They, oh, okay. They, they were only using the ground floor. The one so that I, I went I, to I wasn't why. the case. For the animation one, they did use the seats above us. That's crazy. Mm. I don't know why they didn't for these other ones. You, you know, it's so funny because, you know, Mel brought up something earlier that it it seemed that, like, by by Sunday, things were running a little bit smoother. And uh, again, this is just uh, just from observing things, how they went down on Friday versus how they went down on Sunday. I feel like there may have been some miscommunications between Disney and the convention center staff and the people that were hired to help with the event. Right. Because there was a lot of cast members there to help. But for the most part, I think they really leaned on convention center staff to help because they're the ones that are used to the venue and how to port people in and out. This isn't Disneyland, right, where the cast members right. shine. So I think because of that, they were trying to run it like any other event. And so there was some miscommunications about how things should roll in because uh, I don't know if this was communicated to convention center staff, but obviously we had gold members. We had the people with reservations that were guaranteed a seat. And then there was yeah. the general standby. The one thing that I was a little confused about was that in several lines, I heard people say, oh, well, I just upgraded to the D23 gold membership at a kiosk so that I can get in the gold member line. Yep. You know? What? Yeah. So yeah, that's how it works. They were letting yeah. people upgrade to D23 gold so that they can line up in the gold line. And yeah, of course. I mean, that's fantastic that they're gold members, but maybe there should be a rule that the line doesn't apply to you until the next expo. Because, you know, if you had 
300 people that were going to fill up those seats and there was only you know 250 that were originally scheduled and 50 were for reservations those extra 50 people that now have a gold membership are going to take up those extra seats and then the people with reservations or people in standby don't get to see what they were promised well yeah that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily correlate because they had a limited number of spots for gold members oh they did places. okay yeah those lines weren't endless like they had a special section roped off just for gold member and like i said with the haunted mansion panel as soon as that section filled up they cut it off no more gold members got in and that's when i turned around and by that point the standby had also already filled ah, up okay yeah okay. so that wasn't that wasn't taking away from anybody you still had to be there at the right time to get in before it filled up gotcha okay you know that was the one thing that was confusing me so i'm glad that you you clarify that yeah. for me okay okay yeah. well i guess now, that the is thing more manageable that they then. well the thing that they didn't make clear you know for example on the first day when i went to star wars that's when i kind of learned about the reserve line and the gold member line and the fact that gold member line was being given a priority it was being given the front sections in front of the reservations so I had a reservation, but I got in the gold member line. And at that point, I felt bad because, oh, crap, I'm taking up two spots right now because I ate up a reservation that somebody might have wanted that came through that virtual queue after me that they didn't get. And I'm not using that reservation because I've jumped in this other line, you know, yeah. like I wish they would have been more transparent about that because, yeah. you know. Uh, if I had realized, if I had thought of that before I jumped in that gold member line, I might not have jumped in it, you know, mm -hmm. but I was already there and I'd been sitting there for like 40 minutes before I thought, wait a second, I should be in that other line because I used up a spot for that, you yeah. know, like, I don't know. It, it was weird. And I, and I feel like it's tough to be fair for everybody in these situations. Yeah. Um, and I wish that the general guests would be fair with everybody as well because i know that the cast members and convention workers are doing their hardest as they're outnumbered 2000 to 1 you know everywhere they look yeah, yeah. uh so i don't know i i feel like if we all just helped each other out we could we could all have a great experience and i think for the most part we did you know it's so funny because I guess for a lot of people that were visiting the expo for the first time, a lot of this may have felt like a negative. And for the most part, you know, it is a negative experience for some people, right? But right. when you've been going to as many expos as I think we've gone to, this is actually leaps and bounds better than where we were from the first expo. Right. Because compared to where we were with how the lines were being handled and how chaotic it was and people camping out for three days beforehand, this is like this was great. I mean, like to I, me, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I felt like this was a really good experience. And because it was the first year, there were some hiccups, but it can only get better from here. Mm -hmm. We weren't in uh, the sun. No. And I remember doing that the last expo, not not the previous one. But the one four years ago, like I remember being in the sun and that was really rough. So that's a positive that we were able to be in AC with restrooms, with water, 
you know, we had that accessible. So, yeah, there's a balance. So I'm going to see the good. And, and, you know, even with the obstacles, it's still, you know, it ended up being good no matter what. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, so let's get back to the actual expo. All right. We, yeah. we went ahead and we talked about uh, some of the things that we experienced already. We talked about Friday. Uh, did you guys see anything else on Saturday that you guys want to quickly recap? Oh, yes. Saturday was the highlight show of the weekend for me. Um, <laughs> I believe Melissa saw this one, too. It was the Disney on Broadway 25th anniversary concert. Yes. It was... Over an hour and a half, almost close to two hours long. It was spectacularly good. I'm so glad I went. They had six legendary Disney Broadway performers, and they did selections, multiple selections from every single Disney Broadway show (gasps) going back 25 years. What? It was epic it was so good i enjoyed every moment of it and i will never forget it so i've never seen a disney broadway show excuse my ignorance i didn't know that tarzan was a broadway show (laughs) i learned so much Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh i'm spoiled because i got to see all of these performances yeah so good it i i've always been asked to go to the show and I'm like, oh, no, it's not for me. I don't know, this and that. Oh, I was, I'm was, i kicking myself because this was really good. I mean, really, yeah. really good. And because it was the uh, 25th anniversary, it was just, from what I hear, it was much more than the other expos. So, yeah, yeah it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Man, that it seems like it was one of those shows. What was your favorite performance? I have to ask. Of all of them, what were oh like the gosh. one or two standout songs? Which I know may be difficult well, to choose. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, the guy who, the the one singer who also emceed it was Gavin Lee. And for those of you who don't know, Gavin Lee is the original Burt on the West End and on Broadway. So he was in Mary Poppins as Bert. And he is famous in that role for his tap dancing, and especially in the step in time scene where due to the magic of theater, he tap dances up the wall and across the ceiling. Now they didn't pull off that in this show, but he tapped the heck out of step in time and that was so amazing to see in person because he is like he is like what like dick van dyke like would be if he was in modern broadway with like modern dance technique and like but all that zany like physical humor like he's perfect so for me i think it was probably step in time um but uh, it's so hard to pick i mean they were just destroying song after song after song it was amazing wow oh yeah i want to gosh i i'm not going to remember the names only because again i have not seen any show so this was like new but when um the gentleman performed um someone like me from tarzan yeah that's i mean i love tarzan's the the soundtrack it's sure it's one of my favorites Mm -hmm. he did great and 
when the lady sang um, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Oh, Heidi oh she was yes. so good. I love her. I loved her growl. And she put. Yeah. It's just you. Oh, when you feel it, like when they're going, they're so good. Yeah, she was awesome. I mean, the here, I'm going to list the six singers that were there real quick. So uh-huh. Alton Fitzgerald White, who was the original Mufasa and did over 4,000 yes. performances of Lion King. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Kissy Simmons, who was the longest running Nala from Lion King. She did nine years of it. She was uh, good, too. Ashley Brown, who was the original Mary Poppins on Broadway. Gavin Lee, who was the original Burt. Uh, Heidi Blickenstaff, who yes, was her. Ursula <laughs> on uh, in The Little Mermaid, and also the mom in the Freaky Friday musical, uh, and then Josh Strickland, who you mentioned a minute ago, who was Tarzan, like the original Tarzan. Go. So these are like the superstars of Disney Broadway, and they were all there, and it was, oh, it was stupid good. I'm so glad I went to that. The coolest thing is that we learned that Disney is pairing up with the company, with the theater mm. company, and yes. they're going to be doing this like workshop so that they could produce Hercules for free, or it's going to be free performances yes. at Central Park. Yeah, free oh, concert, like Central free park? Disney musicals yes. in the park. And they is what they're working on, the and they're going to debut Hercules with that. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. So we got to hear him do a couple songs from Hercules too. That is epic, man. You know, it's so funny. Uh, I, I Ashley Brown. I never saw her on Broadway. I've never seen any of her performances. But my first introduction to her was at the last D twenty three Expo when she sang "Kiss Goodnight" with Richard Sherman, and I heard her sing it. And I just remember walking out of that performance like with little like hearts in my eyes because her performance was just <laughs> impeccable yeah. right and oh, yeah. i i just wanted to see her as mary poppins and see all you know what she had done on broadway and yeah i mean if it was anything that was half as good as that dude yeah that was a oh. fantastic show mm-hmm. when she sang feed the birds oh, oh forget about it oh, oh. i had a huge lump in my throat I'm trying yeah. not to cry i was like Oh, not a dry yeah. eyes, not a dry yes. eye in the house. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, song sure. is so symbolic. I mean, look, mm-hmm. anytime I hear the song, regardless of who's singing it, I think I feel like you feel right. But when somebody puts the heart and soul of what the song is meant to represent, and then you tie it into it was Walt's favorite song. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. come on now. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been sobbing. I know, be, I know this for a fact because during the sneak peek uh, panel at the parks, like there was a, a couple of times where it was emotional, right? Like music, I think we all kind of feel like this, right? Music has this way of hitting you in this visceral level that, uh-huh. I mean, it just overtakes your emotions and you just don't know how to handle it sometimes right and Mm -hmm. for me music scores especially really hit me like that and at the parks panel they debuted the anthem to epcot 
and they were talking about how it represented the past and the present and the future and they flashed a few pictures of the concept art and stuff but for a moment i closed my eyes and i was just kind of letting it sink in and with the disney magic and what it represents Oh, man, I opened my eyes. I was like, okay, I've never been to Epcot, but I need to go. I need to go to Epcot. Yeah. Yep. Well, you would have really loved this concert, too, because um, it was all um, live musicians as well. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, it was it was a real concert, man. We It was a treat. That's so good. Um, you yep. know what? Since we're talking about shows that are debuting, I'll go back to the parks panel. And I feel bad spoiling this, but I think this is actually huge news that I want to get your your feedback on. One of the things that's coming <laughs> is a brand new show that's being put on by Disney, the Disney animators, and none other than Cirque du Soleil. Yep. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think about this a brand new collaboration with Disney animation and Cirque du Soleil. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And just, I've been to a few like Cirque shows. It's already emotional enough. So you add Disney animation to it. Good grief. We're going to come out crying. I'm sure it's going <laughs> to be emotional. It's going to be beautiful. I'm actually excited. And I kind of want to go back to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what are What are some of the Cirque shows that you guys have seen? Um, I've seen Mystere and Viva Elvis. Oh, okay. Which kind of reminded me of Lilo and Stitch. Okay. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, to be honest, uh, they haven't really sold me on their concept. Uh, it's not something I'm really interested in. I- I'm sure Disney's going to create pure magic with it, like they do with all their things. And I'm sure they'll find a way to, you know marry that with the Cirque du Soleil magic that people love and adore. Um, not not my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I've had yeah. a chance to see some clips of a couple of the Cirque shows that they've done. Like some of the stuff that they did for the Beatles. It's okay. <laughs> I, I really did not like their uh, musical... Um, chopping and dicing up of songs well, and remixing well. I, I did not approve <laughs> uh well we did also see ka and i really enjoyed ka i thought that was a very well put together show and believe it or not uh a long time ago as you guys know i'm very big on magic and uh what? yes exactly oh. at one point <laughs> uh we had gone to my wife and i had gone to las vegas when we were just the young newlyweds that we were and we stayed at the Luxor. And as part of the residency at the Luxor was none other than Chris Angel. And it was a Cirque du Soleil show. And it was an absolute mess and a big honking piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it was, it was not good. <laughs> so... I mean, I've had good experiences with Cirque du Soleil and I've had bad ones, but I'm sure that this collaboration with Disney is going to be very good because the way that it's described is the animators have been working really closely with the Cirque team to make sure that all of the animations that are going to be projected throughout the stage are interacting with the performers. And I Ooh. think that's going to be the the coolest part about this show. And I think it goes into previews in just about five or six months. So I think in April wow. of next year, it's either April that it goes into 
previews or April when it opens next year. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, that's one of those things that I'm super excited about as far as what's coming. Well, I'd be willing to bet that that will probably be my first Cirque show that I see because I do want to get to Disney World in the next year or two. And so if I'm there, I might as well see it, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Like, there's. I've always wanted to go to Disney World, but with the whole, like, flying thing and stuff, like, I've never, like, really bothered i just kind of watch everything on the youtubes but with everything that's coming all the modifications all of the plussing that's coming to epcot all of the new experiences like i can't not go now like now i actually Mm -hmm. have to start tossing some pennies into that you know walt disney world jar to start saving up for that vacation right like now more than ever because there's just so many good things coming plus i want to actually go to hong kong now it's gonna have its own very unique castle that's going to be inspired by 13 different disney princesses something that's never been done before at any disney park yeah it looks gorgeous too yeah Oh, man, there was so many amazing things. Anything else that you guys want to recap before we start kind of wrapping up this episode? Yes. The character's 30th thirtieth uh, anniversary panel was amazing. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they, they did have, you know, whoever was listed. You know, I thought, oh, what, it'd be nice since we have these princesses. You know, if Anika Noni Rose just showed up because, you know, she's a princess too. She was there. So was Jim Cummings. And the way that they started this show was Corey Burden came out and started it off. And as he's announcing the special guest, there's this part where it's Corey and Jim. And they are going off characters that they could voice from Ludwig to Ka to Pooh. And then it's just back and forth, back and forth. So then they bring out a young star who voiced Miguel and his uh, little brother, who is currently the voice of Miguel. Oh, nice. And they both perform Remember Me. And where I started crying because that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I was saving the emotions because I didn't really cry when I met Anthony when he signed my vinyl. So, yeah, it all came out. I was like, this was beautiful. I didn't think this was going to happen. What a treat. You know, what else could happen? Um, so we go off to talk a little bit more. And they bring out, of course, um, Mickey, Goofy, and Donald. Nice. They stand up and they had like a, a script that was specifically for the expo. So they have that going. And then they start talking about Wayne and Rusi. Aww. And this is the part that gets to me because they showed a clip from 30 years ago at a Christmas party and oh this is gonna get me emotional okay so they had a clip a rare scene where Wayne and Rusi are both singing as Mickey and Minnie and it's just off the top of their heads just for fun 
and they're both like so in love and you could see the chemistry and then just to know and remember that this is the first expo that we're not going to have her oh my gosh there's just everyone's in tears i'm already getting the <laughs> lump in my throat because she's she's the only one that we needed there we didn't have many we had everybody but her and um rick dempsey got he, he got emotional he choked up and we all did um you just felt that emotional connection um and so we shake that off and we get to the princesses and we have anika linda Paige, and jody come out mind you i didn't get to see them when they were inducted for the legends mm. so this was awesome just to be able to see them and they were just talking about their experiences, little quick fire, you know, questions. Um, but this was another part that got me to cry. Paige O'Hara has like the biggest heart. And I didn't know that she was a painter. She ended up painting a painting for both for all three of the gals. And the moment like that happens and she's presenting each painting to each of them. Everyone's crying because it's just so genuine and beautiful you know it's not staged or anything this is out of her heart and we're getting to share this moment with him with her um and then we get jennifer goodwin who is pretty Beauty much all of hops. us she's all of us she is just <laughs> freaking out that she's sitting with the princesses and just doesn't think she's worthy of doing that She's so worthy. She's silly. I loved it. And she got to join in the fun. She's also Snow White, by the way. So technically, yes. she is worthy. Uh, I don't know right? why she had such a problem with it. She <laughs> is a Disney princess. Right? <laughs> um, and then we get... I, I'm, I'm not going to butcher up her name. Auli'i Cravalo. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She had the most cutest entrance because what they were doing is they, Corey was announcing each person as they came out. Well, they were announcing what she's done. She already comes out the curtain and she was like, oh, sorry. Like she totally messed up. <laughs> she was so adorable. Um, and then she comes out. She does her thing. She ends the panel with the performance of How Far I'll Go. I cried. <laughs> wow. It was awesome. It was That's so cool. awesome. I didn't expect anything. I was just so happy to see who was just on the bill. Um, Voice of Aladdin. I can't remember his name. Scott um, Weiner. Yes. He couldn't make it. And that was because of a family emergency. But everything else was amazing. I mean, from the from the get-go, from the beginning to everything. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> wow. I think that was my highlight for Sunday. It was definitely that. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, I saw two shows on Sunday. Um, I saw the Power Up Your Brain panel with um, Keegan-Michael Key, which was basically a big um, episode of uh, Brain Games, uh, which is being kind of rebranded for Nat Geo uh, upcoming on Disney+. And it was amazing i can't wait to watch that show uh spoilers um and uh i also went to the short circuit premiere 
at the very end of the day. Oh. And that was incredible. Short Circuit is the new branding for the Disney Animation Studios program of short films so like the uh, pixar okay. the spark shorts so like it's their version of spark shorts oh and i'm here to tell you folks disney killed it they premiered Ooh. six shorts and they were incredible every one of them and each of them the director for each of them came out and talked about them after they played them and I tell you what, man, they are doing fantastic work. I was so inspired by it. It's incredible to see, and uh, I can't wait to see more. Again, that's more that's going to be premiering on uh, Disney Plus later this year. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, so those are the two shows I saw on Sunday, and they were both incredible. So question, uh, when it comes to okay. these short circuit shorts that you watched, um, I mean – into the Spider-Verse has been one of our favorite films in the past year, right? It was yes. just kind of on in a league of its own as far as, you know, advancements in animation and storytelling. How do you compare these to what we enjoyed so much about Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah, right there. Uh, that's the thing about short films is that's where you get the much more experimental techniques um, a lot more artistic expression. That's where a lot of times they develop the effects that they then employ in their feature films down the road. Um, so, yeah, they, it's right there, man. Everything I saw was mind-blowing visuals, incredible effects, new techniques. One of them looked like, like you were seriously focused in on watercolor paper. And it was just watercolors that were animated, Whoa. but it was a CG like 3D cartoon. Like I, I can't even like describe it. It it blew me away. Uh, yeah, so absolutely on par with that. And it's stuff that, like I said, that the studio will then like take a lot of the techniques that they learned from these short films and put them into their feature films. And yeah, they were a lot of the directors talked about how they developed brand new processes for some of the things that they were creating. Uh, you know, one in particular had lightning effects that uh, will like blow your mind away. It, it, I mean, really, really incredible stuff. The guy who was the director of uh, the Feast short that came out many years ago at this point, um, he decided to take that style and push it like five levels further for his short and oh, wow. it is unbelievably good <laughs> i i yeah i cannot say enough good things about the six shorts that i saw and i'm so excited to see more from this program it's really cool basically anybody at the studio can pitch to have a short circuit film and then and they have a selection committee and if you get selected you basically get the resources of the disney studio to make your film and they can like pull from any department and like lots of people like hopping on board because they're fun like side projects for them so they basically have like all-star teams working on these little short films wow it's super That's incredible cool. you know i i'm almost embarrassed to say that I kind of dismissed that panel because of the name because I yeah, didn't a lot know of did. a lot about it. And I thought short circuit, are they rebooting Johnny five for Disney plus? Everybody but, thought that. And yeah. 
I, I, I thought that and I thought, oh, this, I can miss this. But now that you're talking about it, I'm kicking myself for not going to this. It was super cool. And if you think about it, that's a really genius name. It's a circuit of short films, right? So they call it the yeah. short circuit. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate that many of us are old enough to know what short circuit is. I don't think a lot of younger people, teens and kids, like know short circuit anymore. So I don't think that's a problem for the next mm. generation. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. for us adults, it's like, uh, it's kind <laughs> of a weird name to choose. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So definitely the thing I, I regret not going to, and of the the two days, obviously, that I was there, the two things I regret not going to is obviously the short circuit panel and then the voices panel that you attended, Melissa. Mm. Unfortunately, that's that overlapped the art of yeah. Disney storytelling. And I remember when the voices one first came out, they only had four or five names listed in the app that were going to appear at that panel. And then all of a sudden it exploded and there was an announcement in the app saying, by the way, new names have been added. And it was like a myriad of Disney voices. (laughs) And I thought to myself, which one do I really want to go to? And the I think nostalgia kind of hit me when I decided to go to the art of storytelling because I love those types of panels. I think Don Hahn is one of the best storytellers that we have right now. And mm-hmm. he was a part of that panel. And I was so happy to see him. Floyd Norman is such a charismatic individual. And I really wanted to see what he had to say on this panel. Plus, Tony Baxter was there. And then Paul Briggs of Walt Disney Animation was there. And these are all people that are so passionate about storytelling and how it affects people and, you know, how to create an effective story that I love listening to to them talk about that type of stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. plus, this is kind of the sister panel of the last time that I saw Marty Sklar. And so Mm -hmm. to me, that that held a special connection. And I really Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that I saw this one as well because I felt that it was connected to that one. Uh, even though it wasn't, it was two different things. One was Imagineering, one was animation, but just, you know, nostalgia kind of hit me at that point as far as where it was and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely those two. Obviously, I've been complaining about it for the last three weeks. Saturday Haunted Mansion panel is obviously the one that I wish I would have been at because I've heard so many amazing things about that panel. Um mm-hmm. What are the ones that you guys uh, regret not getting a chance to see the most or wish you would have seen now that you know a little bit more about what happened at those panels? Uh, For me, the parks panel, that's the one I go to every year and that I didn't get to go to this year. Uh, That's always going to be my number one thing because that's usually the thing I'm most interested in is what Imagineering is up to Um, because uh that's probably my most like the biggest part of my disney fandom i know i had a reservation for this but i really needed that extra sleep i didn't make it to the simpsons panel because i stated i was gonna go to and i I was exhausted and after the panel i think yearly smith was just like walking the floor yeah just, just talking to people which i thought was pretty cool yeah simpsons at d23 who would have thunk it Right, (laughs) but the cool thing was I got to see the crowd leaving 
And it was a big crowd, so that was really good to know mm-hmm. that they had a packed house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, man. D23. You got to love it. Mm-hmm. So many good things. So many good things. I got a chance to see so many people and so many people that I missed. I want to send a quick shout out to a uh, member of the FGP squad, Latasha, who we, I think, yeah. all had a chance to see this weekend at D23. Yep. I had a brief moment to speak with her while we were trying to get in line for the panel in the morning. And then I owe her one of the classic I'm listening podcateers buttons because I try to go totally. back to find her. And then, like, the lines just kind of exploded. And so I didn't get a chance to find her. So, Latasha, I owe you that button. It was fantastic to see you. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next time that you're in town. And since we're mentioning the FGP squad, I do want to give a special shout out to the newest member of the FGP squad, Heather. Thank you for becoming a member of our fairy godparent team or the FGP squad because it is their generosity and contributions monthly via Patreon that help produce these episodes. If you want a little more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, you can head over to podcateers.com FGP. We heart you and we totally appreciate you guys for all of your contributions and your help. Oh, there's just so many people to shout out. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you. By the way, while I went to go visit Bob at his booth, uh, I had an opportunity to check out the Grand Marceline Cocoa and Coffee Company. And Oh, I did too. Oh, oh dude. Wasn't it fantastic? Yeah. Did you get a coffee sample? <laughs> I did get a coffee sample. It was sample. so good, It dude. was delicious. They had, yeah. I mean, they explained the process to me. I had a chance to talk to, I believe, one of the owners. And uh, he's going to be in the vlog. They were super nice. I, they had different things to taste. They had a dark roast. And they had, uh, I like medium roast. I don't like uh, dark roast because I like more caffeine in my coffee. Um, but it was just so smooth and tasty. Uh, I want to send a quick shout out to them because they were super nice. They gave me some of it to bring home with me. And uh, I was mm, so happy cool. that I had an opportunity to check that out. Um, yeah, so many. I was going to say, I have a story about that from four years ago. Oh, what is it? <laughs> so they were at the expo and my little eye sees Bob Gurr. I all of a sudden wanted coffee and I went to go make coffee and I got to talk to him a little bit, but it was because of that coffee stand Aww. that I got to talk to Bob for just a second or two, That's but awesome. it was just enough to make my day. So good stuff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun when you get a chance to run into Imagineers and animators, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on the floor. Uh, I, I had never had an opportunity to speak to the voice of Mickey Mouse you know, and at the end of the expo, we were hanging out and I had a chance to say hi to Bill and Camille. And we we're sitting there chatting about the boys and, you know, life, the universe and everything. And Brett Iwin walked out. And for the first time, I had an opportunity to introduce myself and have a chat with nice. him. And he was super cool, super nice guy. We got a chance to meet Ashley Eckstein who's uh, from her universe. We had a chat with her. She signed my wife's uh, Captain Marvel jacket. And like she was geeking out about it because (laughs) like she loves Ashley's clothing line. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it was just a wonderful expo. I think overall, 
crowd levels were pretty good compared to other years, regardless of some of those pitfalls. I came out of this happy and I didn't even oh, get yeah. to see the Haunted Mansion panel. So that says a lot. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in case funny. you guys missed the parks panel again, I'm going to be posting that on our YouTube channel, the Disney Legend Ceremony. Even though I didn't get a chance to sit in the middle where I was originally slated to sit, I was off to the side. I still filmed it because, quite frankly, it's the Disney Legends panel. So that's up on the YouTube channel now. You guys can go enjoy that. I'm also going to be putting the Art of Animation panel that I attended uh, as soon as the 20 gigabytes worth of Parks panel has been uploaded. That one is next. Uh, we're going to try to find some videos from other YouTubers that we know, and we'll put them in the blog post along with these to supplement our videos for the panels that we weren't able to film or that we weren't able to attend because there was just so much awesomeness all around. And I think uh, going Definitely. forward, we're just going to have to buy 17 more cameras, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just, Let's just make it 48. Yeah. Okay. That's 40. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. All right. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode? Uh, gosh. Yeah. We should probably like do some more like collected thoughts next time just as like some highlights because there's so many more things I want to say. But I did want to mention something. I mentioned a spoiler uh, a few minutes back. Um, did you guys know that they were selling an exclusive expo only pin for $140? No. No. Yeah, um, I got it. It's this one right here. Oh, the Disney Plus <laughs> pin, the charter one. Nice. It's the Founders Circle. Yes. So Disney Plus was being heavily marketed. Um, they got everybody whipped up into a Disney frenzy and then had everybody drink the Kool-Aid. And uh, I'm one of them. Uh, I may have said it on the show. I know I've told you two both that I didn't plan on getting Disney Plus but they had a great deal, a three-year package subscription that made it cheap as chips. And yeah. you got this little Founders Circle pin with it. So that's basically just a prepaid price for three years of the service. Um, they sold me, man. Like you, like all the new content that they talked about this weekend, going to that short circuit panel, like um, talking to the Nat Geo people, like all of it added up. And, uh, man, I couldn't pass up the deal. So that was like my big souvenir of the whole expo was signing up for Disney plus. So I'm really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I know that the deal itself for $140 is going to be running for about a week or two after the expo. And so you'll still be able to get that price. Don't know if you're going to be getting the pin and or if that was just exclusive to the expo mm -hmm. but it is it is cool you know it is a really good discount we thought about getting it as well and i couldn't decide between that and the mark davis book and i i waited too long because the mark davis book just wasn't available by the time i went oh, back for it man <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to be ordering that on Amazon now, <laughs> okay, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. without Pete Doctor's signature. <laughs> so that that is the downside. And because I didn't get a chance to get it at the expo, it's now also going to be missing the exclusive WED Enterprises stamp that's going to be inside uh. that was exclusively designed for the expo. So I'm kind of bummed out about that, especially yeah. considering that all weekend I was super psyched about getting those books. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's okay, you know. One day when I tour Pixar, if anybody can make that happen for me, nice. when I tour Pixar and I get a chance to see Pete, I'm just going to be like, yo, buddy, can you sign this for me? <laughs> and he'll be like, Pro sure. Tip. Pro tip, if you see something you want at the expo, buy it when you see it. For real. Yep. <laughs> for real, because it is, it is not guaranteed to be there even when you turn around. We saw exactly. that with products. We saw that with lines. Just do yep. it. We saw that with badges for Saturday. Yep. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, like you said, Gavin, there's just so much to talk about. There's so much that we can continue recapping. And very easily, this episode can be 12 hours long. Oh, so yeah. Totally. Maybe, I think, to supplement this episode, I don't know if you guys are up to it this week, but maybe let's do a live stream and get some people in on the conversation, especially if they had a chance to go to D23, and we can all just kind of chat about it. So maybe that's something that we do this weekend. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's try to figure that out, and we'll post all of that on social media, if you're not following us, obviously, Podketeers, P-O-D-K-E-T-E-E-R-S. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. And for those that have been with us for a long time, apparently, we're still on Vero. But, I mean, what? no oh, one else I is. about that. So, you know, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about doing a live stream, and that way we can connect with all of you. If you guys want to join the conversation about anything that we talked about and you want to share some of your thoughts about anything that you experienced at the expo, thoughts on what, what we talked about, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or on Facebook. You can even go to the blog post for this episode over at podcasters.com slash 271 and leave your thoughts in the comment section. We'd love to hear them, and we'd love to share them in an upcoming episode. And by the way, by the time that this episode comes out, we're going to be super close to choosing our winner for the Haunted Mansion Hitchhiker's shirt. So if you haven't entered, you have just hours from the launch of this episode to enter. Make sure to find the post. We'll put it back in our Instagram story this week. Make sure you enter, tag some people, have them tag you, have them post again, and we're going to choose a winner. And we're going to be happy because it's the Hitchhiking Ghosts. It's an awesome shirt. But we love the (laughs) Hitchhiking Ghosts, and that's more important. And we love all of our listeners. So thank you to all of you for listening. That is going to wrap up this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Bye. Major look.